Remember when buying life or health insurance, the agent or insurer will ask you a bunch of questions like age, race, marital status, habits like smoking, health conditions, etc. Only after that will the insurer give you the premium you need to pay for the insurance coverage. Now, it turns out part of the job of actuaries is to try and predict your life expectancy and the cost of the company to insure you for the life of the policy. That is why underwriting a life insurance policy takes longer than, say, a travel insurance or even a car insurance. Uh, but I'm oversimplifying things, uh, I am sure. As technology advances, so too are the options for insurers to create these models as part of the underwriting process. With us today is Kenneth Koh, Global Principal and Director of Insurance Financial Services for SAS, to talk about predictive modeling and what it means to the insurance industry. Kenneth, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Hey, Alan, thank you for introducing me. I'm very happy to be with you today. Let's start off with the definition. What exactly is predictive modeling in the context of the insurance industry? And what is the difference between predictive analysis and predictive modeling? So predictive modeling is basically collecting data from internal, external sources to better understand and predict the behavior of customers. Predictive modeling can help insurance providers reduce issues and underwriting expenses, better manage customer relationships and claims, as well as increase their sales and profitability. Now, we know that from this pandemic, right, they have shown to these insurance providers the importance of predictive modeling, allowing them to anticipate changes and define rate changes and new products more efficiently. So this is the definition of predictive modeling in the insurance role. Now with predictive modeling, as I've mentioned earlier, many times insurance companies are using it very much focusing on, let's say, customer insights, marketing. But we have seen a big shift towards the use of predictive modeling towards other areas as well, such as underwriting and claims, customer lifecycle management, sales and distribution, new business underwriting, right, where we talk about having a preferred pricing rate that we can provide to the prospect. And of course, during the operational risk management. So that's predictive modeling. Predictive analysis, according to my definition, is basically analyzing the models that have been built and generated and determining what is the best model that they should utilize to operationalize it for their business purposes. With predictive analysis, it's not just only a one-time implementation where you look into the model effectiveness, but it's an ongoing process as well, that when you have implemented the model, you want to ensure that the model continue to give you the kind of insights that can support the insurance company in their decision making. So that's predictive analysis to me. In the context of the insurance industry in our region, in Asia Pacific, what are say the top three challenges of insurers in Asia today in, in 2021? So what I feel right now in 2021, the top three challenges, let's narrow it down to a few things first, this top three. So we all know that this pandemic has shook the industry quite a bit, right? But thankfully, I found that the industry has been pretty stable. They have a very good capital solvency ratio at hand, so they were able to withstand some of these dynamic changes that may have occurred. Now, moving into 2021, there are a few challenges that the industry faced. Definitely, the first one is to get the capital back again. So we are looking a lot into revenue growth, into profitability management. The second area I find that is happening right now is in the area of uh, financial crimes and fraud. So there's been quite a bit of increased incidence of opportunistic fraud that's happening in the healthcare claims, auto insurance, and even intermediary governance and compliance, where we see an increase in some of the agents trying to so-called so cheat the insurance companies, right? By falsifying some information and so-called like a forgery. 
that they do on the application form. The last one, the challenges I find is going to be on regulatory compliance. Insurance companies in Asia Pacific have to abide by this new accounting regulation known as IFRS 17. And the timeline for implementation or to go live is 2024. But for some countries, it's going to be deferred by a year or a few years later. So this accounting regulation is going to change the way in terms of how they're going to recognize their revenue, the earned and unearned profits. Right? It's going to affect their chartered of accounts, which will impact their balance sheet, income statement, and the disclosure reports. So the challenge is in terms of with these changes in the accounting regulation standards, it's going to redefine how insurance companies are going to manage their products and even develop their products. It's going to manage the customer lifecycle models in terms of the campaigns, renewals, and acquisition that they want to do. And of course, it's going to affect the distribution channels as well, right? In terms of the compensation that they should pay, because this has an impact towards the unearned profitability for the insurance companies when IFRS 17 goes live. So I find these are the top three challenges that the insurance companies will face. Now, where does predictive modeling come in as far as these three challenges are concerned? Okay, so in each of these challenges, you realize the fundamental layer or the fundamental challenge that they have is intelligent decisioning. Whether is it on growing their revenue, whether is it managing the insurance claims fraud, or even on the accounting regulation piece, right? Fundamentally, it's analytics that is governing the entire issue that can help resolve some of these business challenges that they face. So I find that having a good data sets, right? A single view of the customer, single source of truth, we call it, followed by putting in place some form of AI ML capabilities to build some of these models to address the business issues will help address some of the business challenges these insurance companies face. At an insurance company, a hypothetical maybe, who decides what predictive modeling solution or analytical or analytical solution the company should use or, or will use in, in the future? Okay, so in terms of who decides, it really depends on who's going to be the owner of uh, these models that they build. Based on the experiences we have, we have worked with a few divisions. One division, they concern themselves as the customer value management team, right, or the customer analytics team. So this division will be responsible to use the technology and of course responsible to build the predictive models to support their organization. Another division that I've worked with is known as the center of excellence. So some insurance companies have developed a COE structure and this COE structure is responsible with uh, data governments, responsible with um, predictive modeling and their sole purpose is to support the organization enterprise-wide, right? not just only on the marketing piece but also on the operations, you know, it could be claims, underwriting, it could even be on the agency distribution analytics. So that could be another division that is responsible for the predictive modeling. And adjacent to that connection, okay, so you're actually talking about business units or, or even a center of excellence uh, owning this. What is the role of the CIO or the IT team in this? We cannot downplay the importance of the CIO and IT team in this because ultimately the CIO IT team, they're responsible for the technology infrastructure and the platform and of course the data as well that resides in their data warehouse. When we work with some of these divisions with regards to the predictive modeling, we always engage with the CIO and the IT division and they always have a role to play, whether it's in terms of the data structure, the data management, where we have to work with them to extract some of these data points out from their source system. We also 
also very work very closely with the IT organization department as well to make sure that the technology that we have put in place can be integrated across the enterprise right technology infrastructure right and this technology that SaaS provides we have to ensure that it can be integrated and it can be operationalized means pushing out whatever scoring models that we have built to their customer relationship management system to the administration system whether is it for claims or for underwriting so basically is to enable the business users to use the technology working with IT working with the CIO is very important when we actually put in place all these business solutions I have to ask you this. Uh, does it matter if at the end of the day you're going for an on-prem or cloud solution? And I ask this because in the last year or so, there's been a lot of migration of applications into the cloud. And what are the pros and cons of uh, either direction for the organization? Okay, so if you talk about whether it's on-premise or on-cloud, it basically provides a faster processing speed. You know, the technology is utilized on the cloud. Analysis is done on the cloud. It definitely provides some form of cost savings in terms of the hardware procurement to the insurance company. In terms of the performance of the analytical models, you know, the cloud, of course, provides some form of high-performance analytics infrastructure as well to support it. On-premise, of course, you know, when we deploy the technology on-premise, the insurance company will own that particular software on-premise. They have to maintain it. We, of course, says we provide the support to this insurance company as well, right, when they actually deploy on-premise. Either way, I think whether it's on-prem or cloud is very much dependent on the IT strategy that they have. We have definitely seen a lot of insurance companies going towards the cloud infrastructure they are modernizing some of their technology as well to have it to be hosted on the cloud and they're extending this across the enterprise-wide for all the business users to leverage on. Can you cite perhaps the three most common misconceptions about predictive modeling, again, as it applies to the insurance industry? Okay, so the concerns your wife face is not unique. Before I joined SAS, I worked for the insurance world. I've been with SAS for 10 years. So predictive modeling to me then was just business intelligence reporting, which is very static. Predictive modeling goes beyond just um, analysis report. It's about understanding the future, generating insights that can support you for your decision making, um, whether is it for campaigns, whether is it for risk management, or even for operational processes and operational flow. If I were to explain what is predictive modeling to a layman, is basically generating new insights for you to utilize to support you in your decision making. As a vendor, when you go approach a new customer, uh, you're trying to sell them this predictive modeling solution. What's the usual objection? What's the typically the, the most common objections that they have to try and turn you down? A few objections I face. One is they say, I have a spreadsheet already that works well. But you know, spreadsheets don't cut it. It's not transforming a world of data into a world of intelligence. Spreadsheet doesn't do that. Predictive modeling tools does that to transform a world of data into a world of intelligence for you. Second objection I face is I don't have the people involved, right? I don't have the skill sets involved in doing analytics. That is not an issue because we can always enable the staff to utilize this form of analytics. And that draws me to one of the projects that we did in one of the life insurance companies in North Asia. When we first started work with them, they were using a lot of spreadsheet and their notion of predictive analytics was just analysis reports, analytic, you know, just business intelligence report. But when we got into the projects with them, we started to enable them with the technology. We started to work with them to build up some of the insights and we conducted a lot of workshops in terms of how can you apply these insights 
into your campaigns. So from there, they started to gain an appreciation of what predictive modeling is. And we also showed some growth value, right? Accelerating the business value by gaining some incremental growth in terms of the cross-sell campaigns. So we actually generated quite a substantial uplift for them. So from there, we garnered the buy-in and they understood what predictive modeling is for them already. The other objection that I face is I do not know where to start. Right. For us, you know, when we do work with the insurance companies, we normally work with them to help identify certain low hanging fruits so that they can realize the benefits of predictive modeling. And right now, there are a few areas that I see as low hanging fruits. One, of course, is a rally for revenue growth. The other area is on profitability management to ensure that the underwriting claims are managed efficiently to generate the kind of um, profit margin that's required. So it could be during claims, which try to detect some form of insurance claims fraud. Um, underwriting, we try to detect some form of adverse selection at FNOA. There are many vendors out there with predictive modeling solutions. Now, without, and I'm going to put this challenge to you, without mentioning SAS's own offerings, what should be the top three criteria or considerations by the future owners of this modeling solution and or, and or the CIO when it comes to deciding what technology or which vendor that they should be looking on? Or adjacent to that is, do they need to do a pilot or a proof of concept? One, of course, is the open integration to other technology or to other models that may already be utilized in the insurance company. Second is partnership, right? So it's very important to work with a vendor that has experiences in that industry you're in. Ultimately, I think the deciding factor is I want to be able to work with a vendor that understands my business, that knows my pain points, and that can help me solve it using technology as an enabler. And the third one is, of course, what I would like to consider as well, right, is the ability for the vendor to continue their partnership on a long-term basis with us. So I don't want it to be just a short term where I work with you on the technology, but I want to understand how can I scale this technology up to meet my business needs on an enterprise-wide level. So these are probably the considerations I would look at. So it's technology, it's the people, and it's the process. And do I need to do a pilot? It really very much depends on the organization itself. If you want to do a pilot, then this could be a first step towards a full-blown project, right? So we start this pilot project, but we have the goal in mind to make it into a project that can be operationalized towards your organization needs. So we don't just do a pilot for the sake of doing a pilot, but you do a pilot with the objective that I want to scale it up in the future. I want to utilize this information to support me in the future. So yes, I would support that pilot programs should be conducted in such a manner. In adopting or in the process of adopting a predictive modeling solution, do you face uh, issues around integrating with existing technologies as well as perhaps uh, maybe an insurer's already uh, laid out digital transformation initiative? Okay, so I've met with insurance companies that have laid out their digital transformation initiatives already, and we have also been very actively engaging with them to support in some of the components to watch their digital transformation strategy. And when I say support, that means the SaaS technology needs to be integrated with third-party applications, um, with their apps, with their websites and well as well. So, so far in SaaS, we have, I've not come across any open integration issues or integration issues because in the SaaS technology, we have the APIs, keys that we can connect with their platforms. How do you see predictive modeling uh, adoption in the region in the coming years uh, and what will accelerate or slow down the adoption? 
the adoption of predictive analytics has definitely accelerated. If the insurance companies start to slow down, then, you know, they are taking a few steps backward already. The pandemic has definitely, you know, brought the acceleration of analytics and digital transformation to them. The thing that I've seen so far is the application of digital transformation and analytics, right? It's so far has been very focused on the customer marketing, the digital marketing side. But increasingly, I've also seen the adoption towards the operational process, claims, underwriting, and sales and distribution as well. And very interestingly, you know, with, with COVID-19, that's the lockdown, right? In many parts of the world. So remote working has um, been a precedent so far. So now what we're trying to do is to support the distribution channels with uh, digital sales, digital lead management, right? Generating leads for them, having a scorecard to support these intermediaries in terms of who they should cross-sell, upsell to by giving them a full-blown view in terms of the customer base. And then we go further than that, right? We support this insurance company in personalization, whether it's on products, on services. And we are moving towards the era of hyper-personalization already. So hyper-personalization is going to change the equation of trust between the insurers and the customers. I'm going to provide you a very personalized service and product offers that is unique only to you, Alan. And this offers, we believe, through predictive modeling, we feel that you might be interested in these services or offers that we are giving to you. So hyper-personalization, I see an upward trend that's taking place with quite a few insurance companies. Kenneth, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. That was uh, Kenneth Koh, Global Principal and Director of Insurance Financial Services, SAS, on what predictive modeling means to insurers. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editorsatsociety.com. We'd also like to invite you for our weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.